Welcome to the Nat Theo Podcast, where we explore nature, the Bible, and what both of them show us about our Creator God, who made this wild and wonderful world. I'm your host, Erin Lynham. I'm a certified master naturalist, Bible teacher, and author, and I am so excited to explore God's Word and His created world with you. Hey listeners, we have a free coloring page to go along with today's lesson, and you can download that at the link in today's show notes. And we have a full lesson guide available for Nat Theo Club members. What is the Nat Theo Club? It is a fun monthly subscription that supports our show and future episodes. And when you join, you receive a full lesson and activity guide to go along with every episode when it airs, plus a fun welcome letter and Nat Theo sticker pack. You can learn more about the Nat Theo Club and join at the link in today's show notes. Before we get started with today's lesson, I want to share something really neat with you. Do you remember in episode 10 when we answered the question if butterflies can remember being caterpillars? And we learned all about how a caterpillar enters a chrysalis and becomes a butterfly. Well, my family got to watch this process this past weekend. We are currently raising five monarch caterpillars, and we had the opportunity to watch two of them wrap themselves up in their chrysalis. It only took a couple of minutes, and yet we happened to see them just in time to watch the entire process. You can watch a video we took of this on my Instagram page at the link in today's show notes. Have you ever seen an animal being born? Maybe a litter of kittens or a goat or a horse on a farm? It can be kind of gross, but also really fascinating. I once got to watch quail being born. What is a quail? It's a small bird, kind of like a chicken, and my family used to raise them. But we did not start our quail raising adventure with birds. We began with eggs. We placed the tiny eggs, they were just a little bit bigger than a quarter, into what is called an incubator. This is a safe, warm, kind of wet container where the eggs have just the right conditions for the chicks to grow and hatch in. After about two and a half weeks, I was walking by our counter one night when I heard a sound. It was a chirp. I wasn't quite sure, but I thought I heard a quail chick chirping from inside an egg. That night, I was proven right because my husband woke me up in the middle of the night to tell me that our first quail had hatched. Over the next couple of days, we got to watch our baby quail chicks hatch out of their eggs, and it was one of the most amazing things that I have ever seen. Let me describe to you how they hatched. The quail chicks began by pipping a hole in the egg. What does that mean? It means that from inside the egg, They take their tiny beak and they poke a little hole in the egg and then you can see their tiny beak kind of poking in and out of that hole. And then from there, they start poking this line of holes in a straight line around the egg. 
Have you ever used one of those activity books or a coloring book with easy tear pages? That's when there's like this perforated line, this line of pokes or holes in the page so that you can easily tear the page out of a book. Well, the line that the chicks poked in their egg was kind of like that. And once they had an entire line poked around the egg, they used all of their tiny might to push open the egg. And it would break right where they had poked that line and separate the egg into two pieces. And then it was so cute, you guys. They began trying to stand up and they were stumbling around and trying out their legs for the first time. It was absolutely amazing to watch. There are two main ways that creatures give birth. So some animals lay eggs while others have what is called live birth. Animals like our quail chicks along with other birds and most reptiles and fish and amphibians, they lay eggs which later hatch and their babies come out. Now, animals that have live birth, like most mammals, that means there is no egg that comes out of the mama. Instead, the baby comes right out of its mom. Today, we're going to explore the crazy and fascinating birth stories of three creatures God has made. Now, this episode began with a question. Izzy emailed me and asked me, how are hermit crabs born? I went on a journey to find an answer to Izzy's question, and it led me to some other very interesting finds. So here's our trail map for today. We're going to look at Izzy's question, how are hermit crabs born? We are going to discover a creature that gives birth in a snow fort. We're also going to look at a creature that has its baby while hanging upside down. And we are going to learn how human babies are different from creature babies. But first, our trivia question for today. What animal gives birth to the largest baby? Think about what it might be, and we will find the answer at the end of today's episode. So how are hermit crabs born? Have you ever seen a hermit crab or had one as a pet? I had several hermit crab pets as I was growing up, but they never had babies. And while researching to answer Izzy's question, I found out why. Hermit crabs almost never have babies in captivity. Do you know what captivity means? It means animals that are not kept in the wild. They're probably being kept as a pet. So why do hermit crabs not have babies in captivity? Most of the time, when they are kept as pets, they're kept in a small terrarium, like a glass container with some sand and water for them. But they don't have something absolutely necessary for having babies. In ocean, hermit crabs need a huge body of salty water like an ocean, to have their babies. So this means hermit crabs mainly have babies in the wild, which makes their birth stories rather mysterious and unknown. But researchers have discovered some things about the ways that hermit crabs give birth. First, a hermit crab has eggs. Like we were talking about with the fish and amphibians and reptiles, 
hermit crabs have eggs, but they don't just have a few eggs. Do you want to take a guess how many eggs a hermit crab has? A hermit crab can have anywhere between 800 to 50,000 eggs. So if you guessed anywhere between 800 and 50,000 eggs, you are correct. And that is a lot of babies. The mama hermit crab, she holds all of these eggs inside her shell. And when the baby hermit crabs are ready to hatch, the mama hermit crab does something very interesting. She moves into the ocean and Get this, she basically flings or throws the eggs out into the water. And as soon as the eggs touch the salt water, they hatch. This is why the mama hermit crab absolutely needs an ocean to hatch her eggs. She cannot do that in captivity. Has anyone ever told you, you look so much like your mom or your dad or your grandma or grandpa or aunt or uncle? Well, no one would say that about a baby hermit crab because they don't hatch out of their eggs with tiny shells on their backs. A baby hermit crab is called a zoea. It's a tiny creature, smaller than a grain of rice, and they will go through several stages of molting or growing and shedding their exoskeleton until they are ready to develop antenna and claws and eventually to go and find a shell to live in. Hey listeners, I want to take a quick moment to ask you for a favor. We are so excited and grateful to have thousands of families listening to the Nat Theo podcast. If each of you would take a minute to subscribe and rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts, that helps in a very big way to get Nat Theo to more families. Could you take a minute to do that right now? If you're listening on Apple, you can go to the show and subscribe, leave a rating, and write a short review. And if you're listening on Spotify, you can use the mobile app to go to the show and leave a rating. Thank you for listening and sharing Nat Theo with your friends. So the hermit crab has a pretty crazy water birth story. Let's look at another creature that has its babies, not in an ocean of water, but beneath frozen water. Let's look at the polar bear. Polar bears are another creature with an amazing birth story. They give birth to their babies, called cubs, in a snow fort. Have you ever built a snow fort? Maybe like an igloo with a roof on it, or have you tunneled into a snowbank? Well, this snow fort is the bear's den where it spends the winter months. You see, bears, like the polar bear, get super sleepy in the winter. And while they don't truly hibernate, they do take very long, deep naps. But they don't do this out in the open where they might be vulnerable or get hurt by predators. Instead, they build a cozy place called a den in which they can nap through the winter. But they're not only napping. Female bears, including polar bears, enter their dens pregnant. Polar bears live where it's very snowy and very icy. 
And so they actually dig their dens out of the snow and ice, like an underground snow fort. And it is inside that snow fort den that the pregnant polar bear will have her cubs, usually two of them, twins. Some mama polar bears will even make a special nursery for her cubs. When she makes the den, she digs out a room called a chamber for herself. And then she'll make another smaller room or chamber like a nursery for her babies. Before your parents brought you home, they likely set up a special room or space for you. And the mama polar bear does the same thing while designing her den and thinking about her cubs who are about to be born. So we have discovered how hermit crabs give birth to thousands of babies out at sea and how polar bears give birth in snow forts. But what about a creature that has its baby while hanging upside down? Do you have any idea who this creature might be? If you guessed a bat, you are correct. Bats have a very unusual birth story. Now, bats are pretty rare as mammals because they usually only have one baby a year, and that baby is called a pup. Bats don't give birth alone. They're not like the polar bear mama who cozies up all alone by herself in her den. No, pregnant mama bats all gather together into an area called a maternity roost to give birth together in community. And get this, when the mama bat is ready to have her baby, she has it while hanging upside down. This means that she has to catch her baby so it doesn't fall and hit the ground. So what she does is she takes her wings and she cups them underneath her, kind of like a hammock to safely catch her baby. We found a video of this and I'm linking to it in today's show notes. So make sure with permission to go and see how baby bats are born hanging upside down. Wow. So creatures really do give birth in lots of different and fascinating ways. And you guys, we only looked at three of them. But what about humans? Our birth stories normally aren't quite so crazy. Well, okay, some are, but all of our birth stories are very special. You see, God planned the day of your birth and every day after that. Listen to Psalm 139, verses 16 to 17. You, God, saw my body as it was formed. All the days planned for me were written in your book before I was one day old. God, your thoughts are precious to me. They are so many. God cares deeply about our birth stories and our life stories because you see, we are very different than creatures. God made us special and to have a relationship with him. He created us to know him. One way human babies are different than creature babies is that God created us with a soul. What is a soul? Simply put, a soul is our inside person. It's who we really are. Unlike our body, we cannot see 
or touch our soul, but it is the part of us that will live forever. This is one way that God created us in his image by giving us a soul. Genesis 1.27 says, So God created human beings in his image. In the image of God, he created them. He created them male and female. What does it mean that we are created in God's image? Well, you see, God is spirit, and we have a spirit or a soul just like he does. So while creatures can think and act certain ways and they are very much alive, they do not have a soul like we do. God creates all human babies, including you and me, in this way with a soul because he wants us to grow up and truly know him and to live with him forever. I think Ecclesiastes 3.11 says it so beautifully. It says, He, God, has planted eternity in the human heart. We are born with a soul to know that there is eternity, an everlasting life that never ends. And when we choose to follow God and trust His Son Jesus to save us, our soul gets to spend eternity with Him. Have you ever told God that you want to follow Him? or that you trust his son Jesus to save you? Do you know what you need saving from? You see, we all do wrong things called sin, and that sin separates us from God. It's like there are these two great big huge cliffs separated by a massive deep canyon. And we are standing on one side of the canyon, and we want so badly to get to the other side where God is, but we have no way to cross that great divide, the deep canyon. Our sin separates us from God. But Jesus came and he died on the cross to pay for our sin. He took our punishment and he became like the bridge across that canyon so that we can cross over and be near to God again. Romans 3, 23 to 24 says, Everyone has sinned and fallen short of God's glorious standard. And all need to be made right with God by His grace, which is a free gift. They need to be made free from sin through Jesus Christ. Jesus made the only way, the bridge, back to God. But each of us has to choose to cross that bridge. How do we do that? Well, just like we read in Romans, it is a free gift. All we have to do is accept it. Romans 10, 9 to 10 tells us exactly how to accept that gift. Listen to this. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. We believe with our hearts, and so we are made right with God, and we declare with our mouths that we believe, and so we are saved. All we have to do is this. One, tell God we are sorry for our sins, the wrong things that we have done that separate us from Him. And two, tell Him that we trust that Jesus died to save us, and we accept that free gift and choose to follow Him. 
You can do that just by talking to God in prayer. And if you choose to follow Jesus or you are already following Jesus, remember that following him is a lifelong journey. You are completely saved from your sins and can be near to God again. And he will help you to follow him each day. So this is the biggest difference between human babies and creature babies. God created us so special because he wants to have a relationship with us. He wants us to be near to him. And with our souls, which live forever, we can know God. Okay, do you remember our trivia question? What animal gives birth to the largest baby? The largest baby award goes to the blue whale. A blue whale baby is born about 20 to 23 feet long. How long is that? Well, picture a basketball hoop, which is usually about 10 feet tall. So think about if you laid down two basketball hoops in a line on the ground. A baby blue whale is about that long, and they can weigh 5,000 to 6,000 pounds when they are born. How heavy is that? It's heavier than a full-grown rhinoceros. Here's a challenge for this week. See if you can find more crazy creature birth stories. Go to your local library and find the section on animals and be a detective. Look through several books and see if you can learn some unique ways that creatures give birth. Remember to check out the Nat Theo Club and receive even more content from Nat Theo every time an episode airs. You can learn more at erinlinum.com slash natheo. And ask your parent or caregiver if they've picked up a copy of my new book, Rooted in Wonder, Nurturing Your Family's Faith Through God's Creation. Today, it became available as an audiobook, so you can also listen to Rooted in Wonder. Okay, listeners, get out this week and have fun exploring God's wild and wonderful world.